initiate startup process. Now, all the way live. Hey, yo, <laughs> y'all know what this is. Damn it, the most hip-hop and R&B. I want to introduce to y'all. It's the infamous. Call your friends and tell them it's going down now. It's going down. Woo! You understand that? It's It's live. Let's, Let's go. In five, four, three, two, one. One of the things that I take pride in with the infamous hour is shining light on the legendary MCs of the past, present, and future. When it comes to legendary MCs, I mean, the guy here with me, the voice, uh, what they did impact come from Cleveland. Busy Bone is here on the infamous hour. Boom, Bat Nation. Busy, what's up? Hey, you know, it's good, man. It's good. Thank you for the introduction, man. Feeling really, really good. I appreciate that. We here, man. We here. Busy, let's, let's go back to Cleveland in the 90s. Now, we, we haven't really had that many rappers from Cleveland, but there's been a bunch of R&B people from Cleveland. Uh, so, so what was the inspiration to get into hip-hop uh, when you guys had started early on? Well, I'll be honest with you. Cleveland in the 90s was sort of like New York in the 80s, around the 88. The drug culture was around. Um, we've always had doo-wop groups. We've always had Levert. Um, men at large and those um, uh, Zap and Roger Troutman and those guys that it was a lot of R&B out there, Ohio players, but it was the, the vibe was it was a drug culture and hip hop was coming up. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where we sat. We sat in the wedge of the doo-wop groups of the music uh, uh, of the Motown influence, but also that thugism, that street street um vibe so and then from that point on that's what cleveland became it just became you know what i mean the, the city where the thieves dwell man Thieveland, cleveland man for real take me to the thought process of the lyrical cadence that that you lazy crazy and, and the entire team has shown throughout the years because it was different it, it, it was different it, it, it was bouncy it was melodic um you know i'm from new york you know i i couldn't understand nothing honestly the gunshot <laughs> but it didn't even matter honestly because the melodic melody and the ways you guys attacked the, the record so where did that influence come from just the way that you guys structured uh your lyrical cadence well it came uh from wanting to be different from noticing our look was different and knowing that we all had talent and we could rap and then we all sat down in Lazy Bone Basement and said, what is our greatest gifts? What can we do? So I would sing, Lazy Bone would beatbox, Crazy Bone would do what he would do and he would like bring us and then we all would come to, and we were always trying to be innovative and we were always trying to be different. And it just started meshing together. And as we had different ideas and things, we would bring it to the table. And one cool thing about us was we never wanted to keep any idea to ourselves. If I had the harmony, it was always open for lazy to say, I can harmonize too, mm-hmm. or crazy to say, I got the flip so I can rap fast. And then us to say, okay, so we should implement that with all of us. So I think the cultivation of it was everyone willing to throw into the substance of the group and their individual verses as well as the choruses and that's what brought us to where we are today and it turned out really really well so i think it was each other motown had a lot to do with it Mm -hmm. our parents had a lot to do with it and their love for music and just the love for music in general 
you know? So that's what I think brought us together, you know? Yeah. How did the connection with Easy e actually happen? You guys being from Cleveland, obviously he's a West Coast artist. So how did you guys actually connect with him and then uh, obviously decide to sign? Well, the crazy part about it was before we had left to, to Los Angeles, a lot of guys that were um, getting on embalming fluid in our neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And we were like, hey, we need to get out of this neighborhood situation before one of us gets killed. Mm-hmm. And a guy by the name of Daryl Solomon, he had a tape before we went to L.A. And he said, what are you guys going to do? And he had the tape on us and Crazy Bone said, we finna go meet Easy e We finna bring him back to the neighborhood. We finna put Cleveland on. So it was always our plan. And when we went out to Los Angeles, we sought out Death Row. We sought out every record label. But we had had a local record that we had a couple of um, 8 by 10s pictures, and we had an album. So we had a package. So we sent a package into Ruthless. We sent a package into Death Row. We sent a package into this record label and a package into that record label. So we had a sense of professionalism. Even though we went out there on one-way bus tickets, we still had a package. And then from that point on, someone from Ruthless Records, someone that we knew in in, in Cleveland, a, a guy by the name of Diego, started speaking with a girl by the name of Keisha, and they started connecting. Now, we were having some conversation about the original roots of where you guys came from. And um, your debut album, Creeping on the Come Up, you guys flooded with a storm. Now, the tempo of these records were super slow, and this is kind of like what we are listening to now in a sense. Um, do you guys feel that maybe Bone Thugs and Harmony, yourself and your brothers don't get the credit they deserve as far as creating this fast tempo melodic sound that we hear in hip hop today? Um, I think that like for me personally and the rest of my boys, like we have come to the conclusion that we have added to hip hop. And if it's documented, if it's noted, if we get our kudos, lovely. But it's giving something back, you know, and I think that that means a lot to us. And we don't, I don't think that, you know, they'll say triple six mafia. Mm-hmm. They'll say they'll say trap music. They'll say this. They'll say that. But those fast cadences and the singing and, and, and bringing it forth, we know that we were there during the inception and we were you know, some of the first ones to be it. So when you know it, you're okay with it. But I don't, it, it used to, back in the days when we were younger, we used to get a little bit, wait a minute, y'all are, you know, y'all doing our thing or wait a minute, wait a minute. They, you know, that's, that's us, that's us, that's us. And then when, you know, we, we sat back and we said, well, we're bringing something to the table mm-hmm. and that's enough. You know what I mean? Cause some people are going to move you out of the way in order to say that they were the first to do it just because it's great marketing and promotion. So yeah, it's what it is. Yeah. We don't get too bitter about it, but we're coherent mm-hmm. <laughs> to say the least. If you're watching right now on Facebook, I'm scanning the chat. You guys can ask questions. I'll relay them right now. If you're watching a Rokio, you can do the same other uh, debut album creeping on the come up 1994. Definitely an amazing year for hip hop. You guys peak at number 12 on the billboard and top number two on the hip hop and R&B charts. Now we had three singles. We had Thuggish Ruggish Bone. Uh, we had For the Love of Money and there was another one. But in your opinion, which record on the debut album defines the Bone Thug sound or would just be your favorite joint on there? 
I think from jump, it was a thuggish, ruggish bone. Mm-hmm. Um, because when, when Shatasha came into the studio, she was like, what do you guys want me to do? I told her, I said, sing this hook. I wrote the hook. I gave her the melody. And I told her what to say at the end. And it was, you know, because I got a high-pitched voice, yeah. but I'm not a girl. Yeah. So really bring it the way that I want to bring it. And I think that um, that that is what exemplified us as the group. It was the thuggish, ruggish bunk. Mm-hmm. And it took us to the next level. So I think it was that one, you know, that one really. And then for the love of money came behind it. And then everything else from that point on, you know, it just started being a tumbling effect, you know. Yeah. For the love of money, if I'm correct, I believe that record was like seven minutes, right? It, it was a pretty long record and, and it was a lot of instrumentation. And whose decision was it to let the, the record ride out for so long, especially with the girl singing on it? Then you had the beat kind of playing. Uh, what Was that production side? Was it you guys? Like, who decided? That was that was E, Lil E, Lil Easy E. He was, he had this track from Joelle, and Joelle was on death row, but she also worked with E, and he paid her, you know, to do some work, and um, because death row and Ruthless Records, all the artists used to work together, mm-hmm. like, and people didn't know that back mm-hmm. in the day before the beef really started popping. Yeah. Um. So E wanted to put the extended for the love of money version. So we had the regular for the love of money. And then we had the extended version on creeping on the comma. People that bought the CD might remember. So that was, you know, marketing and promotion. And E had been in the game for a long time. So he knew how to uh, uh, sell a product, basically. Yeah. Make, make make two out of one, mm-hmm. you know? Busy as someone that was on the front line, uh, I interviewed Daz and Capone recently. I've, I've interviewed a bunch of people that have been in this situation. Was there really an East and West beef? I mean, honestly, what was it media driven? You know, what what exactly was it that? You know? It was real. It was real. The East Coast, West Coast was basically popping. Which one did you like and who was you riding with? Mm. It, it existed and it was real. Like the East Coast is with the East Coast. Mm-hmm. People on the West Coast with the West Coast. Oh, it was real. Yeah. We, we often get to conversations. Uh, I interviewed Lazy and I had mentioned that you guys had worked with both Biggie and Pac and what was the differences. And obviously there's a Method Man track. But we we know that the Method Man track was actually for Dog Pound and then Pac got it. But j- just, you know, personal experience working with both Big and Pac and what you s- would say are the differences and the similarities between the two. Well, Big was laid back and Pac was a live wire. Like Big was chill. Like I sat back and like for two, three hours, I just smoked weed and drank Hennessy with Big. And we just sat down and we talked about the record and what mm-hmm. was going on. And he had his paper in front of him, you know, when he was just like, well, you know, da, 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 blah, 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 blah. We were, you know, just, you know, just talking to each other and, with Pac, it was more, I got to get in here and do this. I got to go knock this out. I got to go do, I had to pull Pac to the side in the bathroom and be like, look, if you ever need somewhere to hide out. <laughs> but it was so many people around. He just looked at me like, damn, bone, thank bone. You know, um, so it was different. It was a different vibe. With Pac, you, I felt danger. And I felt people trying to kill him. Mm-hmm. But with Big, I never felt like nobody was trying to kill him. 
it just felt like he was a regular, you know, artist on a label that was just a, you know, just a legend. I didn't feel that same uh, danger around Big at that time. That's why it was such so crazy that what happened because I never felt no danger around Big at all, ever, mm-hmm. like ever. And so it was just two different vibes. It was a calm vibe and it was a somebody about to do something to this pot. It's like somebody about to do something to him. Yeah. It wasn't an NBA young boy vibe. It wasn't nothing that you feel today. Mm-hmm. It was like somebody about to do something to him. It just like was something different. It just felt different. So those were the two, like being around Pac was spooky as hell. And being around Big was calm, cool, and some playish mm-hmm. like Gators and Coogee and shit. Like yeah. real like, straight like, up. Like, like real chill. Now, did you guys catch any uh, slack for doing records with, with both of them? I mean, obviously Cleveland is closer to the East Coast, but you guys were signed to a guy who was technically from the West Coast, but he was under attack from West Coast artists at that time. But were there any, you know, slack, uh, you know, any backlash from doing records for both of them? It was like, you know, we're, we're creators and we're going to do what we want to do. No, 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 no. Nobody really asked us to choose sides or um, any of that nonsense or anything of that. Everybody was just really, really cool because we was already on our thugisms and, you know, we was kind of like known to be wild dudes as well. So we were kind of like the wild card. So no one really said, hey, you got to be East. You got to be West. We were like the wild card. So we could pretty much do what we wanted to do because it was a new style and we basically was able to bring to the East Coast, y'all can rap fast if y'all want. And once Biggie started rapping fast, everybody, including Jay-Z, mm-hmm. started rapping fast on the East Coast, finally. We're live right now, BoomBapNation.com. This is the infamous hour. I am the host of the infamous Amadeus. I have the legendary Busy Bone from Bone Thugs in Harmony, 1995-ish, 1996, East 99 Eternal. This is the the album that made you guys superstars, led by First of the Month, which is an OD to the hood. And if you've ever been on the block, you you know what the First of the Month is. Then we had the record, The Crossroads. Uh, But back to the First of the Month record. Um, So creating the video, because obviously you guys were in a car, but it was like green screen. Um, What was that like? And then what was the decision to create such a record that would relate to such a specific audience, but it kind of felt like everyone related to it in the end. Well, the record was a no brainer because like we were on the front line of when welfare got cut off for people in the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. So the people that we dealt with back in the days was like welfare off my, you know, everything is messed up now. You know, the, the 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 dope the dope dealers from the 1st to the 15th, they was like, damn, on the 1st, we was expecting, you know, these dope fiends to get their welfare checks. And each dope fiend would get about five, six, seven hundred dollars $700, you know, in their welfare checks. And you add 10 of them, that's five grand a day. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it started to affect the neighborhood and the people that we were around. So we started, like, just to talk about it. And that's what made us that song forth and you know it made a big impact and a lot of people really 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 felt that and then with the crossroads it was just easy e was gone um we did the remix and then Pac was gone and then biggie was gone and it all just seemed to make sense so it all started falling 
in line, you know, with, of course, our wave. And everybody was like, okay, what Bone got to say? What Bone got to say? We're waiting on Eternal. We're waiting on the rec- next record. The next record is amazing. Yeah. Now, what do you have to say about what's going on in the society of hip-hop? Mm-hmm. So it all just started coming together, man. And, it, you know, it started falling like dominoes. You know, when you watch those television programs and they got, all, not television, but YouTube channels or whatnot, and they got all those dominoes set down, you know what I mean? Once you drop one of them off, everything else goes yeah. in the seat. So that's kind of like what happened. Yeah, that, that's where it goes. Uh, we actually have some fan questions right now. Vince, if you could pull one of the fans in uh, to ask a question. Once again, this is the Infamous Hour, powered by Boom Bap Nation and Livecast.ca. You can girl. listen to the Infamous Hour on multiple FM radio station platforms. And you can also listen to us on iHeartRadio. Now, we have someone ready to ask a question. Okay, tell us your name and where you're from. I can't hear a Vince. Oh, is it me? I, is it I, me? How, how are you? I can't see you, but I can hear you. How you doing? I am Fitzedit from Maine. Hi. Welcome. Um, welcome. Well, I'm in Tampa now. Welcome. I have Busy Bone here. You got a question for Busy right. Bone? Yes, I sure do. So, well, I, I have a bunch of questions, but I know I'm only allowed to ask just one. There you so go. I, it was a very hard decision. <laughs> um, we've talked a little bit about the. You were talking about the hook a while ago. So, um, as far as music goes, in your opinion, I know it takes lyrics and the hook and the beat all to make a really good song. But in your opinion, which one is more important, the lyrics or the hook? Hmm. Good question. That's a damn good question. I think that for for the listener, it's the hook. But I think for the artist... For you. For the artist and the upcoming... like, Like for the listener, the hook is what catches them. But... For for the the artist and the listener, it's going to be the verse because they want substance. So I still think it's 50-50, but ultimately, I'm going to say the hook. All right. And what about a reunion? Are we having a reunion? Oh, yeah, definitely. 2024, all five live. All of us get together, the 30-year reunion. Everybody should be done with their books, their movies, their, their endeavors and their projects. And whew, let's go. All right. Edith, thank you. All right, if, can I ask one more? Absolutely. Can I ask just one more? All right. So you you've been talking a lot about Easy E, and I'm I'm old school hip hop. I I love the old school. What if he were still alive? And I know you can't speak for the dead, but you you know him. So if he were still around, what do you think he'd have to stay say about the state of hip hop today? I think that he would be on the front line of hip hop and I think that he would support every change and I think he would have great things to say. I don't know exactly what, but it would all be pluses, way less minuses, maybe one or two minuses about some people not being real, this, 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 that, or the other, but I think it would be all, all good. All right, Edith, thank you for joining the infamous hour live. We actually have another fan question. Uh, Peace. Where you from fam? What's your name? The Bronx in the building. Round of applause for the Bronx. Let's go. DX, baby. That's how we do, man. All right. One question. Let's go. The hip hop culture right now, I mean, 
the whole thing, the, the versus battle has been big. You know, you guys are legends, and there's honestly a few acts, few groups that can stand up and be with you guys. So if you guys were to do it, you could do a versus battle. Who would you pick? Okay, so I don't know if you guys heard him, but what he said was, as far as a versus battle, and he shows so much love. Thank you so much. Um, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. My my take on versus is be aggressive. Don't be friendly. Um, because it's all about your catalog. And with artists like myself, when you have a catalog, you make money off your catalog. So if somebody comes in and they're, catalog is better than yours then people start stop listening to your catalog Mm. so if i'm making let's just say just i'm throwing a ballpark figure out let's just say i'm making a hundred thousand hundred fifty thousand dollars a year off my catalog because i'm getting paid quarterly and someone comes in and their catalog is better so i'm going to aggressively approach whoever it is and crush them so my catalog never, ever, ever loses its foundation. So whoever it may be, just be prepared because I'm coming in with guns blazing. And so, but but just if we put that to the side, I like Wu. I like Outkast. Um, I like Do or Die. Uh, and it's a few other groups that I could name, but definitely the Wu. I love the Wu. Um, I love outcasts and other ones that I think would be good just because, but I can't really think of anybody else. All right. Super amazing question. Uh, Kevin, thank you for your question. I actually went to uh, junior high school with this guy right here. <laughs> Peace. All right. So we're live right now. Boom, Bap nation live interactive series. I mean, that was the name before, but now it's the infamous hour, which is my FM radio show. As you know, our, uh, one of the things that we strive to do here at boom, Bap nation is give guys roses while they're here. I mean, this is what we do uh, here at boom, Bap nation. It's important now busy. I, I got to ask you from a legendary standpoint. Um, how do you feel about media not covering the fact that a lot of legendary artists are still dropping projects. Like if you looked at like uh, Source Magazine, let's say, you you wouldn't even know that, you know, Cool G Rap got a new album out or you wouldn't know that Fredrick Starr dropped a new album. What do you think that disconnection happened between media? I mean, especially when you guys made these guys who they were. Well, let's kick ballistics. Everyone knows that you have to have a marketing plan, a, a promotional plan. You got to put some money back into the business. Mm -hmm. The source needs a couple of dollars for ads, for campaigns, or their magazine didn't run any longer. Now that we're all working off of social media, the premise is still the same. As long as you put money into these things, then they will market and they will promote you. So that's how I look at that. It's just like keeping the lights on in the house. It's only $30, $40, but it's the light bill, man. It's only 40, 50 bucks, but it's the water bill. Sewage is about 30, 40 bucks. So if you're maintaining that, a lot of people say, 
you know, back in my day, we gave radio this, we gave radio. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a new regime. Yeah. It, it's new people. It's new heads of, 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 of these companies. So I think that once we are as legends or anyone are able to look at it and be like, we've got to put into our project. We can't just drop something and expect for people to just get with us because of the culture of um, this is for the culture. People say this is for the culture when they want to do something for free. And nobody in this industry is doing anything for free. That's why I love Versus. But at the same time, you know, DMX might get some bread or might get paid because Swizz is there. or But others are like doing it for the culture. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the the way that things are turning, you got to put money in these guys' hands so they can fund their project. So if you, you know, you pay Cool G Rap for eight verses or whatnot, and he decides to keep the money for himself and not put it back into his project, then that's his prerogative and he can do what he wants to do. But in order to to make your project big, you have to put money into it and it has to work in a circle. Everyone has to fund everybody. So I'm in that kind of understanding of it, you know? Yeah, it kind of makes super total complete sense now he, he was asking about the versus thing and obviously you have your opinion on it um but uh, who would be the perfect opponent for bone thugs i mean it, i would say outcast pro i think you an outcast you like from me to you from me to you you to me yeah there is no one there is no one no group no one that can step to Bone Thugs and Harmony. Our catalog is second to none. Mm-hmm. It brings in millions and millions of dollars every single year. I don't have to rap another day in my life. Like, I don't have to go do shows. Mm-hmm. I don't have to do anything. I can just really just sit back and enjoy life and things are going to go well because of the catalog. And I don't know if anybody else can do that after 26, 27 years. So that lets me know that it's, I don't think that nobody can. Like, honestly, between us two, that's why I put out my song list and nobody answered me. Like, I'm not coming at it. Like, I don't want to, you know, I'm not dancing with you. I'm not. We're going right to the point. I got love and everything. and, Mm -hmm. And I'm a good guy and all of that. But this is war. Like, you're not finna destroy my brand. I Like, we're going to destroy you. And then afterwards, we can be homies, but I don't know if nobody wants that pressure. Because I'm coming with the pressure. I'm not, I'm not your buddy. I'm not your friend when it comes to you against us. Because it's business, and you're, you're, you're taking food out my children's mouth if you're better than me. If I nod my head to all the players play on far now, if I if I'm digging that, then I'm not, you know, I'm I'm giving more than it's the first of the month. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I gotta dig more first of the month than show as much love to that. Yeah. You dig? Yeah. Looking back at your catalog, uh, what is your favorite Busy Bone record? Now, you have a bunch of artists as a solo artist, uh, a bunch of records as a solo artist as well. And then we also have the Bone Thugs and Harmony catalog. Uh, out of all these, we all have our favorite records. What is your favorite record? Um, I mean, with Bone Thugs and Harmony, it's got to be Crossroads. It's got to be um, Days of Our Lives. I like the touching stuff. As far as my solo stuff, I don't think that I've actually got there yet. Mm. But One Night Stand 
is definitely one of those ones. Definitely one of those ones. So I'm still creating. Yeah. One of the records that keeps popping up in the chat, uh, I've seen a bunch of people ask, is the Mr. Ouija record. Right, so oh, yeah. so we have this oh. Mr. Ouija record, um, super unorthodox record. You guys were really harmonizing. It was almost like melodic. It it it, it mixed so many different variations. So who whose idea was to create this record, and what was the actual concept from the artist creation uh, perspective to put this uh, song out? It was more easy thing. We were like, hey, we got a couple of songs, and this is one of our darker songs. And Easy was like, well, let me hear it. And then we kicked it and he was like, that's the one. That's the one, you know, because Easy was into the mystic shit. He was like, and we really didn't want to do it. Like he persuaded us to do it because we felt like when we met him, it was a blessing from God. So we were kind of conflicted, but he was our OG. So we did it anyway, you know? So that was, hold on a second, back. Grab my arm, grab my arm off of my side of the bed and grab my arm charger. So he, um, so he persuaded us to do it and, you know, we went our OG and then that's how it came to be. But the inspiration was we were playing the Ouija board and like just playing with it. Like literally, and, like literally playing the Ouija no, board. No, we was playing with it. No, but yeah, that's <laughs> it. Like we were playing with it. Okay, so, 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 so we're in the room. We get high, smoking weed, right? We're literally having a cipher, and then apparently we have a Ouija board during this cipher, right? Is this is this is what's happening? We're live right now, boom, bad nation. Uh, this is the infamous hour. Anyone has a question, you can ask in the chat. If you're on Rokio, uh, just hit the DM on, on Instagram. I have the legendary Busy Bone. So, we're, so we're apparently, uh, this Mr. Ouija record is one of the most popular records. People have been asking about this record since we started this. So these guys were really there with a Ouija board, getting it in, and, and busy. So, 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 so easy. It's easy walking in on you guys. Messing around with the Ouija board? No, 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 no. He just found out that we had, like, we had a murder song, and then he was like, what other songs oh, do yeah. you got money, that are melodic mm-hmm. as these? And so we gave it to him, and he was just like, that's the one. And we were like, well, you know, that's just old. It's something we did back in the days. And we stopped playing the Ouija board because, mm-hmm. like, mysterious started happening around us. Mm-hmm. Like, when we would sing the song, pictures would fall off the walls. We were sitting in the room one day and we were playing the Ouija board and the bed, we had, there were bunk beds in Lazy's house and the beds both fell down while we were playing. Mm. And Lazy's little brother, Stu, Stu, Stuart, we snapped, he, he got snatched from up under it, but it would have crushed his neck. And then after that, that's when we were like, oh, it ain't worth it. But when Easy e heard it, he was like, that's what's up. And then Easy liked to talk backwards on tracks, too. Mm-hmm. So he was into that. Like, in, rever- what- like in, in reverse? Yeah, 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 yeah. He was like, if you listen to Creeping on the Come Up, he was talking in reverse. Yeah. Like he wasn't like he was talking in reverse with the deep voice. So he was into that. And then it carried over into the eternal record to where you would have to put the cover in the mirror in order to read it. So it started becoming something different. Yeah. And it started right. And it, you know, you know, we, you know, we just rolled with it every step of the way, you know? 
Is there a Bone Thugs Harmony or will there ever be a Bone Thugs Busy Bone uh, Harmony collaboration with Twister or Eminem? I mean, I think that, you know, I've been calling Eminem, you know, like 90 going north. Um, Mm -hmm. I think the fact that Crazy Bone, you know, went against Eminem with Clash of the Titans. I think that Eminem really not really with no member in Bone, and that's cool. I feel that. That's been, you know, I got to ride with my camp. Um, As far as Twister, I did some stuff with Twister. Mm-hmm. You know, as far as that goes, but I think that we're our own separate buildings within, you know, and like Tech Nine, like Techie, love Tech. Techie's a dope dude as well. But I just think when you build these organizations, everybody just got to be on board, yeah. you know? Yeah, it, it kind of makes sense. Well, you, you know, I work at Shade 45, but I personally love uh, Bone Thugs and Harmony. I'm definitely a supporter. Uh, we, we have uh, another a person that wants to ask a question. Uh, Peace, DJ Drew, where you from? What up? DJ what Drew up? from Boston, man. Boston, what's How up? How you doing, man? What's up? I, I got Busy Bone here. Got a question? What's up, Busy Bone, man? Good to see you, man. It's, it's an honor to see you, man. Legendary group, man. I just had this one question about um, you guys did that song with Biggie, um, Notorious Thugs. And the rumor that I heard is that he had to go in the studio and record that his verses alone. Is that true? Yeah, he uh, he took the records home and he took it to New York and we didn't hear his version all the way up until you know, when it came out. So he didn't drop it in the studio. So, you know, you know, if he wrote it or something or whatnot, that's a good thing. But he never dropped the track until we, you know, went until he went to New York. So yeah, later on. he wanted to get it down because you already know it's a legendary verse. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So you're gonna really have right, to work exactly. at it. You can't you can't you just can't drop no like that without working on it for real. Yeah, busy, exactly. busy to piggyback off that while Drew is still here. Was it because uh, he actually came with sort of the same style that you guys had? You know, with the, the Pac record, he just stood in his lane. Like, Pac didn't change. But with Big, he actually tried to tap in. So do you think he kind of said, you know what? Let me go home. Let me, let me write this because I, I don't want to f- this up. Like, I think that, you know, Biggie, he was a musician more than he was trying to be anything else. Yeah. That he already had his niggas, he already had his squad, and I think he wanted to be the greatest rapper that ever existed. And I think that that's what led him and and put him into that 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 phase when it came to Pac. Pac knew he's trying to kill me. Yeah. I'm thinking. It was different. It was different. Yeah. I don't he had the, you know, that same thought process. Mm-hmm. I don't think Big News was finished like gunning down. Yeah. You know, but I think that Pac knew trying to kill me. You know what I'm saying? So he had that pressure and that stress. And then once that dude, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, yeah. yeah. Busy, before we wrap up, a lot of people are asking questions about this scene that we saw in the Straight Outta Compton uh, movie. We've heard about this conspiracy theory of, you know, Suge stabbing easy with the needle that potentially had um, truth or, or myth, in your opinion? I mean, you know, um, a couple of my people have have refuted that, and I love the movie. 
And I think that later on, the absolute truth is in the eyes of the people that were there. Mm-hmm. I wasn't there. So I'm not going to, um, you know, uh, you know, talk on it too much and act like that I was one of the ones that yeah. knew it didn't happen or mm-hmm. knew that it did. So I think in due time, we'll find out the truth. But I think with again in Hollywood, you're going to get, you know, a little fabrication. You're yeah, going to get, course. are you going to go Hollywood with Hollywood? You're of course. Hollywood. I mean, they're going to, they're going to do things for entertainment value, but yeah. what, what is not entertainment is a new busy bone album that we have. So we have the carbon monoxide project. Uh, that was super dope. And I, I heard you on one of the records. Somebody you got to cut and you was just really like on your, I, it was the alpha record, right? What was the name of that song? Alpha mentality, man. I really in. had to give it, man. I really had to bring it. I'm listening. I, I I used it. So we have this new project coming out. Uh, what can we expect? Uh, when is this new project dropping? Any features? Uh, what do we have? Okay, look, nine twelve, which is my birthday, September twelfth. The birthday boy is is what I've been um focusing on as far as this new project. We already put out Black Milk. Mm-hmm. Um, the project is like eighteen, nineteen tracks on it. Um, it's no features. It's just B. Um, and it's probably my best record up to date. I was currently listening to it before I got on the line with you guys because we're, uh, you know, we're, we're ready and, and it's, it's amazing. And I can't wait for people to hear it. You know, black milk, you guys, it's on all, uh, streaming services. Make sure y'all check that out. But it's called the mantra. And the reason why I call it the mantra is just like you know how they said that. So when you when you chant all of my harmonies, mm-hmm. it'll take you to a whole nother world. You ain't got to know the words, but if you just chant those and it will take you to another place. So that's why I wanted to call it the mantra. And yeah, it's coming, man. It's it's amazing. I'm very proud of it. I'm very proud of my team. That's right. And uh, when we get this album coming out, we'd love to have you back here on the Infamous Hour. Boom Bap Nation Live. I'm your host, the Infamous Amadeus. This is the Infamous Hour. I'd like to thank my very special guest, Busy Bone from Both Dogs and Harmony. Round of applause. Uh, uh, Busy, if they want to follow you on Instagram or social media, what is the handle? Oh, definitely. M-R-M-C-C-A-N-E. That's Mr. McCain. That's on Instagram. I am Busy Bone. That's on uh, Facebook. And of course, Jam TV. Every Thursday and every Saturday, I have brand new episodes coming out. So you can follow me on that. And, you know, it's just a beautiful thing. Um, everything is love, man. We're ready, man. What is a Jam TV? Is it like a YouTube thing? Or what is the concept behind it? About two years ago with my wife. Mm-hmm. And I'm recently married. Um, I have a new child. Oh, round of applause. Oh, good second lease on life and it's mm-hmm. you know it's just all about seeing me in depth and seeing who I am and, and getting my understanding and my thoughts and just staying in my lane as a legend yeah. as an and staying where we need to be so I, I really re- jam TV busy bone you type that in you'll see it every Thursday every Saturday we got all kind of stories bone thugs and harmony when they fought with the Wu-Tang Bone Thugs in Harmony, when Easy e tested our gangster, all my videos. It's all kind of information and stories that I think people will love. 
All right, and we look forward to seeing you. I'm the infamous Amadeus. It's the infamous hour every single Thursday here on Boom Bat Nation, Facebook, Rokio, and of course, you can listen to the infamous hour back. And you can listen to me on Shade 45. Uh, special thank you to Busy Bone for pulling up to the infamous hour. We're going to take a quick break, and I'll be right back with Nature, legendary Queensbridge artist, The Firm. We're going to ask him about this new Nas album. We're going to ask him about his verse from Band from TV, and we'll ask more. Let's debut this uh, Busy Bone. Uh, busy, what record you want to hear right now uh, when we get out of hey. here? Gotta put on black milk. Make sure you put on black milk. This is about the, and the way we did it, it was black milk. B-L-A-C-K-M-L-K. And we put the B-L and the M. We made them capital. Black milk. You got hear it. Entertainers want to chip in and put their little fist in and go back to the crib like they done did something. But really did nothing. So go on and peep it out, man. It's it, black milk, man. B- busy. Last question before we get out of here. Will we ever hear you like on a like a DJ Premier beat? Will, will we hear you ever on like a Alchemist type of record? Because obviously you can do it. So uh, would that ever happen? Maybe it has happened that we haven't heard it. Maybe there's a, a track you can reference or something in the future. I think that they gotta feel that in their spirit, and they gotta be like, you know what? Because Eric, Eric Sermon told me one thing when I was in New York. He said, B, just give me one. Give me one 16. Just give me one. So if they ever say that, they got it. All right. That's what it is. The Infamous Album. Your host, the Infamous Album. We'll be right back with Nature from the Firm here on Boom Bap Nation. Welcome to the Infamous Hour. I'm your host, the Infamous Amadeus. We are live here on Facebook.com slash Boom Bat Nation, and make sure you subscribe to the Rokio channel, Roku. I, I always forget how to say it. Uh, we have 50,000 subscribers on there, and we bring in a bunch of dope content uh, here at the Infamous Hour, Boom Bat Nation, officially sponsored by Livecast. Uh, we believe in uh, you know paying homage to the legendary artists of the past, present, and future. When it comes to MCs, Queens, uh, this guy right here is synonymous with spitting bars and laying down dope records. Nature is in the building. What's up? What's good? What's good, homie? Good Na- to be here. Nature, you exploded on the scene, but of course, banned from TV has to be, you know, I- I'm sure you asked this a bunch of times. Uh, to jump off a record, I mean, there's a difference between anchoring and jumping off a record. It- is the thought process different when you're creating that type of verse? Do you feel maybe a little more pressure when you're going first because it says they came into the song? No, no, no. It would have been different if, if if the song was, if we was all standing side by side, the pressure would have probably been you know what I mean? Out of this world. But I, I was fortunate enough to hear the beat, actually be a part of picking up the beat. So I know that the beat was already in pocket. I, I could go in pocket with the beat like mm-hmm. before anybody else. So by the time you hear it, you're already, you're already with me. You're already, you're already, you know what I'm saying? You yeah. didn't have a chance to, to experience it the way I heard it. You know what I mean? Yeah, you, you heard, heard it first. It. Uh, working with a young yeah. Swiss Beats on Band from TV, Swiss Beats ends up becoming the super producer who's relevant even to this day with the verses. Uh, what was that like? I mean, just, you know, having a record from him and, and being on Nori's impactful album. Nah, dope, dope. Shout out to Nori again. Um, Swiss was, 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 was coming up, you know what I mean? At the time, um, the Rough Riders was was establishing their movement, and it was uh, it was two producers. It was Swiss, and it was Greece. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, at the time, these guys were like, you know, the the guys to get with. And you know, at the time, my man Nori was fortunate enough to have a relationship with Swiss, and have Swiss come in and play beats and um, 
and we was actually able to just pick it from there. Like, you know what I mean? The, the story was Nori already had a, the beat mm-hmm. planned out for that joint right there. So when I came in there, I guess, whatever, whatever, however it worked out, that's not the beat. Swiss wanted to playing some uh, uh, band from TV beat, and I knew right then and there, like, yo, I could do some damage to this right here. So, you know what I mean? Nori was like, yo, you sure? I'm like, yeah, let's go. He put it up, and... um. I wrote my verse, and um, at that time, I guess Nori had to, like, readjust what he was doing. I didn't know the, the story was, I guess, we was just supposed to do the song together. Yeah. Because after I laid my verse, the next time I heard the joint, it was, like, all-star after all-star after superstar. Like, oh, man, let me change my joint, you know what I mean? Let me get a chance to, like, really gear up. And at that time, at that time they was like, nah, bro, it was, it's mixed already. Yeah, it's done. It's over. It's over, bro. We live in a much different time nature where, you know, songs are emailed over, you know, you send a verse over. Um, yeah. Does, yeah. Does that, but, does that, but that was the beginning of that right there. But does that annoy like you that. as an MC as opposed to being in the studio with the artist and the producer and creating together? Or do you find it easier because maybe you have not, some more not, time? Not really. Not really. Not, it, it all depends. If, you're the, if the artist is making the call, then that means the artist has a genuine love or a genuine respect for it another artist if it's just a business move you know you might not it might be an old guy with a young guy that don't necessarily need to be in the studio together they don't necessarily have too many things in common as you know what i mean mm-hmm. other than the music so if it's somebody that you're looking up to or somebody that you like yo this is a legend or whoever inspired you or stuff like that of course any artist would want to be standing next to mm-hmm. an artist like that but um like you said, in this day and age, you can email it and it's all good. But if you're like uh, somebody I came up with, if you just somebody that don't do music as much or somebody that's just not oversaturated, yeah, I, I can rock with you. You know what I mean? We can, we can, we can, we can rock. Yeah, we're live right now, Boom Bap Nation. Boom I'm your host, Bap, the infamous Amadeus. This is the infamous hour live, formerly known as Boom Bap Nation Live Interactive Series, powered by Boom Bap Nation and sponsored by LiveCast.ca for all your streaming needs. We have the legendary nature, Queensbridge owned firm owned. We'll get yeah, into that yeah, in a little bit. Yeah. Uh, if you want to ask a question, I'm actually scanning the chat, so I will be asking questions. We are completely live now, nature. Uh, Paint Queensbridge for me at this time. And in your opinion, who is credited for popping off the Queensbridge sound? We've heard many different things. I've heard Marley Marr. I've heard people say Tragedy Gaddafi. Uh, who, in your opinion, would be the person that you would say launched the 90s Queensbridge sound? Oh, the 90s Queensbridge sound? Yeah. It's kind of hard. You know what I mean? Marley Marr, of course. Marley Marr is a legend. And that's probably the name that you were here first. But. Molly Mall uh, produced and made music for people that was not really from Queensbridge. Like he created superstars, like you know he uh, the LL Cool J's and 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 the people like that that wasn't necessarily from Queensbridge. Um, so I wouldn't really say Molly Mall had a Queensbridge sound because Molly Mall was just just big like that. You know what I'm saying? But um. That's a hard question because we all piggybacks and try to be the best of what we could do. It's just that we didn't realize there were so many talented people out there. Like, you know what I mean? It started way before videos, way before the internet. Like, it's hard to say who started it because 
you know, Molly Mall was a name that you probably heard, you know what I mean, first on records like that. But I'm quite sure, like, there's a lot of dudes out there that was probably just as dope and still are that just never made records that just keep the legacy alive. You know what I mean? It's just, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's just a whole bunch of dope way before me. Like, for me, it was like the MC Shins. Yeah. And the people, you know, the people like, not only had rhymes, but they had style. Like MC Shan was the first person I seen that like had Mitch match sneakers and big chains and Kango caps. Like incorporated they, fashion they, into it. Yeah, they like brought it to life more than just the words. Like you know what I'm saying. So from then and then we just all kept going. I I was fortunate enough to be able to come outside and see a Cool G rap or see. Uh, MC Shan or see some of the dopest rappers that probably didn't have videos but the word traveled so yeah. it was just a different kind of game it's easy right now to just go on YouTube and 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 just you know go through the whole catalog of somebody but back then we bought it or you just spread the word of just mixtapes or however I don't know you know what I mean shout out to the tape the cassette era you know what I mean it was dope that's yeah. how that was the demos that was it yeah, I think we actually have a fan question. Uh, Vince, do we have someone? Let's do it. Vince. Drew, Drew, go ahead, Drew. All right, DJ Drew, uh, you're back here on the infamous hour. We have Nature, legendary Queens Major. Do you have a question? DJ Drew, what up, boy? What up, Nature? Yes, what's up, Nature? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, recently uh, Nas has dropped, I guess he's dropping it tonight, the oh, King's shit. Disease, and I heard exactly um, that, you know, the firm is on this this album. My question to you, man, is will we be seeing the firm get back together to do another banging album? I don't know if you could answer that for me right now. I I, I, I can't answer that question. No, I can't answer that question at all. Um, You and a a million other people probably want to know that question if it's it's even possible and stuff like that. But um, as of right now, I, I don't know. I can't answer that question. Uh, I think, you know, hip-hop needs it, but, you know, any talks or anything, any kind of, um, you know, phone calls being made, talking to each other? Nah. Nah. I think if something like that, I think if something like that, if something like that was to happen, can you hear me? Yeah, we hear you, yeah. Yeah, if something like like that was to happen, um, first and foremost, I would assume that Nas would make that, put that into the universe for, for the people to to gravitate towards it, you know what I'm saying? I don't think any other artist that would be involved in it would, you know what I mean, overstep the boundaries of, you know, that's that's Nas's project right there. That's Nas's thing, you know what I mean? That's his baby. That's his group that he created. All right, well, Stu, one more question. How was it working with the rest of the firm again uh, with this new track that's on well, Nas's album? Brother, I don't know if you, if you, if you, um, do, if you have, you can see, but there's a track list out for this album, and there's a song with the firm. And if you look at it closely, I'm not involved on that song. I'm not even on the song. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't get a chance. I just heard the rumor that there was a track with the firm on it. So I just nah, see I'm sure there's everybody. I'm sure there's, yeah, no, nah, I'm not on the song, brother. If you look, you know what I mean. That's that's cool that you that you even in tune with what's going on like that, but. You know, do your homework or pay attention before you even ask that question because right now the thousands of people, whoever's watching this right now, is probably saying to themselves, why would you ask that question knowing 
that he's not even on that song. But, you know, it's all cool, though, brother. I didn't know that because the track listen hasn't come out because the album drops at 12. All we know is it has, it has, the it, firm. It has it's come out. Album, so the firm, Nature, yeah. AZ, Foxy Brown, Nas, and Dr. Drake. Uh, Drew, mm-hmm. th- thank, you, thank you for your question. Uh, thank you. Thank we're, you. We're, we're live right now. Boo Bat Nation live at Record City. Now, Nature, now nature in, in, all, in all fairness, he does have a little point because not many people who are fans are invested into Instagram in a sense, right? So it's like a lot of people are still Facebook, 90s fans. Uh, so when you hear a firm record and he jumped the gun, um, you would assume... Yeah, but, but where would you hear that at? That if, you would be on we, it. No, no, where would you hear there's a firm song or where would you hear that there's a Nas album other than... You know, back in the days, I keep saying back in the days, we yeah. had books. We used to have the source. Mm-hmm. We used to read Diff- when food were coming yeah. out and be open. I'm sure you know, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So how would you know that there is a song in existence unless somebody, somebody told you but didn't tell you the full deal? Like, they didn't... Even if it is a big deal, I don't even understand. First of all, first and foremost, I don't even understand how why it's even... Uh, a question. You understand what I'm saying? No, I, I, I'm, I'm 100% with you. I'm only saying from the fans' perspective, we do have, like, this promo going around, and there are chatters. But, I mean, let, let's go oh, back. So now he understands, though. So now that's what this is about, right? Learn something new every day, right? I, absolutely. I mean, you got to do your homework stay, before you ask a legendary Stay in office. school. Stay in school, fool. Nah. <laughs> you you got to <laughs> you, you got, you got ask. So, so, so we had the the, the fall seasons project. Uh, your your, yeah. first, your first single. I mean, you came out yeah. blazing. But before before any of this, yeah, we, we saw you on the on the Omar um Epps movie. I think LL was in that movie. Was, was it? Uh, you he had the title track with Nas. The in, in the, too deep. The in, in, too deep. In too deep track. So I mean, being placed on a soundtrack. I mean that that got to be super dope. I mean that's almost like video game residuals type of thing. Uh, what did that mean to get placed in a in, in a film that had Omar Epps? He was super hot at that time, and of course. LL was catapulting as an actor. So so what did that kind of do for your career being placed there? I mean, that's dope. I mean, anytime, like I, like I said, man, coming up for me it was just like we had these underground songs, but then now we get a chance to get a part of a be a part of a, a soundtrack. Thanks to uh Trackmasters and Columbia and the whole situation like that, they had uh situations that would just fall in their lap. So we would make records and deliver them and I didn't know that they were going to, you know, be a main part of the soundtrack and stuff like that. But Raman X and Nas at that time, it was all part of uh, shaping who was I'm, who I was supposed to be as an artist. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm I'm the, the guy right there. So why not throw him on the soundtrack, too? You know what I mean? It, it's dope to be not only be on a soundtrack in a movie, but to have to hear parts of your song play in the movie. It's like dope to me. So, I, you know, I was just riding the wave. It was crazy. It was crazy. Yeah, being from Queensbridge, uh, so many amazing MCs. I mean, obviously, we know Nas, Prodigy, but we also got Capone. We got you. Um, were there any, yeah. like, friendly, like, Nori. Com- Nori, were there any, like, friendly competitiveness between you guys? Like, uh, you hear, like, a Capone verse, like, oh, he got a dope verse. Now I got to step my pen game up. Any type of, like, friendly competition? Uh, no, between- I mean, with Capone, I mean, Capone. 
uh, everybody knows the Capone and Noriega story and Capone having to go to jail and, yeah. and, and things like that. But um, the, it's different ages, different different blocks. Queensbridge is like its own little mini city. So on each little part is everybody doing their own little thing. You know, you might have like, you know, we, there's so many rappers outside of the Nas's and the Mob Deeps and the, and the, you know, people like that. You have the tragedies and the core megas and everybody had their own little story. So um, unless you was actually fortunate enough to be in their face to hear live rap and, and be inspired that way, it's all about who can get to who to record it. See, we didn't have too many outlets to record it. So we rather had to, if you were big enough to get to Molly Mall, very few could get to Molly Mall. We had to have the next in command, which was like a, a DJ hot day, mm-hmm. you know, DJ hot day would come around and, you know, he was a DJ for my man poet and um, he, you know, they made beats and stuff like that and recorded Cormega and stuff like that. And after that, if you couldn't get to a uh, hot day, you had to get to like uh, DJ LES. So it was like different blocks. You could get in different zones and stuff like that, but you always heard of, you know, a dope Nas verse, or you always heard of, you know, tragedies rapping probably before all of us. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we knew what each other could do, so I'm quite sure we was all inspired. It was just that everybody didn't hang together, so I wouldn't know, you know, I wouldn't know stuff like that. I was I was the, like one of the last of all of those guys to like come around and start doing my thing like that. But you know, like Trash had a mixtape way before it was even a mixtape, like before his name was even Trash, like yeah. uh, you intelligent know, intelligent Hulam. Yeah, intelligent Hulam, like you know. Uh, you know the story, Havoc, Prodigy, rest in peace. You know, mm-hmm. it's so many different stories intertwined into one. So it's like, yo, it's kind of crazy. It's, it's dope. Yeah. It's dope to just know that so many people been, can do it and been doing it and been and, and and still to this day. You know what I mean? So much potential out there. We just lost another dope MC, rest in peace, King Shooter. You know, there's so many people out there, and it's crazy. It's never going to stop. There's something about that project right there, but it just keeps going. We're live right now on the infamous hour here on Boom Bat Nation Facebook. I'm scanning the chat, looking for questions. We have legendary Queensbridge. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Let's go, let's go. Nature in the building. Uh, Nature. One of the things that I saw in the chat uh, while we were having the 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 mysterious question that we were being asked by a fan, but um. We, somebody was asking about female MCs in Queensbridge. We, we had Roxanne Shantae, obviously, um, oh. and, and we had a whole bunch of male MCs. Were there any female MCs that maybe we didn't hear about that didn't get a chance to shine, or may, maybe like some behind the scenes things? Because we, we got a whole bunch of males, but why didn't we get any females? I mean, I'm, it's some. I'm sure that there are some, and there always was some, but it's just so many males. You got to remember the pro- in Queensbridge. Like, um, like I said before, it was just those outlets right there. And it's just so much harder for a, a girl and MC. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? No matter whether if you're from Queensbridge or not, you're like that talent has to really like be there. And not to say that they're not there, but I don't know. I don't know why it hasn't been that many, but I guess it's just so many dudes, man. It was 96 buildings, a lot of dudes, a lot of rappers, ball players thugs mm-hmm. all kind of stuff you know what i mean mm-hmm. and um you gotta deal with a lot of the stuff that comes with it 
with, with the politics, mm. in a sense. Yeah, with, yeah. With, with, with hood yeah. politics. Uh, for people watching right now who are not from New York, uh, there's a lot of people watching right now on Facebook. Uh, paint the picture for Queensbridge. Pre- Queensbridge is the, lo- the the largest housing projects in New York yeah. City. A bunch of buildings. It's literally right across from from uh, Manhattan. And we also have Roosevelt Island in the middle. So if you could just give like the layout and the construction of how Queensbridge is uh, constructed and then where rappers are from within the complex. Queensbridge is six blocks. You always have, you know, it's the 40th side and the 41st side. So it's like for every, uh, it's like a 40th side and a 41st side of every block. So there's a 10th Street, 12th Street, Vernon, right? Not in that order, 12th Street, whatever. Mm -hmm. Those three blocks, and there's a 40th side of 10th Street and a 41st side of 10th Street. Just like that. So yeah. there's six blocks. And inside of those blocks, there's probably about 15, 16 buildings. Some of the blocks have a couple more. It's not, they're not even, they don't all have the same amount of buildings per block. Some blocks have one or two buildings, just more or whatever. But, um, and there's just, at the time, Still, a lot of people are still crazy, but at the time, it just seemed like it was more coming up. It was just, you know, we lost a lot of people. A lot of people went to jail. A lot of people gave up their dreams or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, on one side of the project, on 12th Street side, it was, you know, that's like the Mob Deep side. Uh, Molly Mall comes from that side. It's like, um, not every block in the projects has a basketball court. Some blocks have basketball courts, some don't. So um, people will come to the court and kind of Yeah, come to the court mm-hmm. and you know, it's just like a mini city. It's kinda of hard to describe. You actually have to see it. Even though you see videos for years, you know I just don't like everything to be portrayed as in a negative all the time. Like, you know what I mean? We we it's a lot of beautiful souls in the in the projects. It's mm-hmm. a lot of it's a you know it's it's it's, its own thing. You got to experience it. You have to live there to know that yo, my neighbors are right here. Like you know, you have, everybody has neighbors, but to know your neighbors are right here. Like you know what I mean. So like, what, what was there a sense of community? Um, in Queensbridge, I mean, I could imagine you guys have like a little city over there. Um, you know, from Uptown. So Uptown, we had a sense of community. Did you guys actually have that type of, you know, neighbor? You know, everybody knew everybody's nah, we mom rep our, grandma. We rep our hood. We rep our hood. You know what I mean? Everybody rep our hood. We, we're, it's to the point whereas I don't necessarily have to speak to you. There's been a lot of situations where dudes probably didn't speak to each other in the street or have nothing to say or even be warring with each other, but then let it be a situation where they're incarcerated or somewhere where they're in need. But, you know, that, that Queensbridge flag go up and it's, it's, it's always been unity. It's always been like that. It's yeah. always like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right now it's a little bit different because people are influenced by so much of what they see on the internet and on TV. But before it was like, you know, firsthand, the OGs would show you what to do and not to do. You would, you would get reprimand. You know what I mean? You would, mm-hmm. you would, you learn like firsthand. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or in, in the conversation, you mentioned King Shooter. Way from, way from. I'm from the Bronx. So I'm from, I'm from oh. Kingsbridge, but. I, I spent a lot of time oh, like all over Kingsbridge, Kingsbridge. Yeah, so yeah. you seen his hat right there. You probably was like, 
I wish that said King. <laughs> well, you know, being from the Bronx, though, I, you know, us in the Bronx, we felt such a connection to Queensbridge. Um, and, and if you listen to, you know, Big Pun's album, it was a direct derivative of the sound that we were hearing from Queensbridge. You know, dope beats and samples and things like that. But you mentioned King Shooter, and I, I actually knew King Shooter. And he represented the new wave of what uh, Queensbridge was going to become. Obviously, he was around Davies. You know, people, mm-hmm. he was like Davies' best friend. What would you think, though, in general, would be the new Queensbridge sound? Are, are, are guys at Queensbridge um, embracing the the, the tr- quote unquote trap sound, or do we still have an old D to the mob deep nature that type of thing? I don't know. Man. In your in your opinion, they, they, the young guys, the young guys is gonna roll. With, what's roll? What was 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 rolling? Was, was slapping? Like yeah, like they. It's a lot of influence on that sound that trap sound the drill know, and stuff like, like some that. you know some people like to dance like even rest in peace pop smoke you know they they they're not afraid to express themselves in certain ways and I'm not mad at them you know what I mean with maybe you know the OGs learn something from the young heads too learning like yo you didn't got to post up so hard you didn't got to be so hard on yourself this is this is this is a fun this is entertainment and stuff like that but a lot of that sound right there, they, 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 it's a wave. It's like, I respect creativity. I respect originality. But you still can't be too far from, from everything else. You got to find your lane in it. And a lot of these guys are, are trying to find their lane. You know, it looks mm-hmm. like it. They're trying to stay active. You know what I mean? But um, as they should, you know, because you know, yeah, you know what I mean. It's, but it's not like uh, you know, Queensbridge is like so many dope MCs and so many dope rappers, so much of a legacy. It's not like dudes um have enough time to come back and 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 have spend enough time to kind of like you know guide. You know, dudes don't have time to just be guidance yeah. counselors and, and and all that. Like you know, yeah, you gotta. In your opinion, though, and not to get too much into political stuff, because here at Infamous Hour, we don't really like to get so political, but we had such a wave of Queensbridge MCs, and then it slowly kind of just uh, went away. What, what do you think? What do you think that attributed to? May, maybe not uh, the artists not embracing the new sound, quote unquote, auto tune head, or uh, why do you think it kind of just? I mean, because at one point, you know, all the hot rappers in New York were from one block. So, where do you think that kind of went? That's a question right there. I mean, just your, just in your opinion, like what you know. I mean, at one time we literally had like you know, if, if we had the top twenty rappers in New York, you could easily think of eleven to twelve that were from the same block, and then it just kind of just went away. Uh, so, what, what, why do you think that happened? I think it was a lot of too much, too many instances where a lot of uh, it was too many instances where things. that could have been held that could have been handled privately were held publicly and too many spectators mm-hmm. were interfering with what what that bridge right there it was mm-hmm. too many too many things going on where it wasn't pure enough like it's different when you see unity and you show unity it's different when you preach it and when you show certain things. There's so many leaders, quote unquote, that come from Queensbridge that never really did a lot of that work. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
Like, like bridging the gap type of thing, keeping it together. We're live right now, Boom Bap Nation. I'm your host, the infamous Whoa. Amadeus. This is the infamous hour uh, here on Boom Bap Nation every single Thursday, uh, 9 p.m. And, of course, we're live on FM Radio, multiple platforms. Nature, a lot of people were asking, what is Nature's top five MCs of all time? Just, you know, no particular order. The fans kind of want to know. Oh, top MCs? Top top five MCs, uh, dead or alive, no particular order. Um... Ice Cube. Ice Cube. That's a good one. LL Cool J. LL. So we got Ice Nas. Cube, LL. Nas, of course. Big. Big. That's four. This is a solid list, by the way. I mean, super solid. It's round of applause. This Damn. is solid. This is solid. That last one. That last one. I don't want to be like, oh, I might, might mess it up. Uh, the last one would probably be, I can't put myself on there? You could. Of course. And me, baby. Nature. Now, now, Nature, real quick, uh, I find it very interesting because I talk about this a lot. You included Ice Cube in your top five list. I asked Dad, Dad Dillinger last week. Uh, he has a new album coming out with Capone. Uh, why don't we have more top five MCs from the West Coast, including the top five conversations? You always have the same guys. Nas, Big, you know, Pac, but he's really from the East Coast. Why do you think in your I opinion, didn't really want to. I didn't really want to say um, um, Big and Big and... Um, yeah. Well, I well, really I mean, but just in your opinion, why do you think West Coast MCs don't get the same recognition when it comes to lyricism as much as East Coast MCs do? I don't. I don't judge it as so much from a lyrical standpoint because there's so many dope lyricists from the mm-hmm. East Coast, from the West Coast, South, everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. But for me to put Ice Cube in there, for me, is like Ice Cube. At a time, it, it's significant for me when rap was changing. It was just like uh, a breath of fresh air from something different. It was gangster. It was intelligent. It was storytelling. And it was, an, it, for me, it was a moment in time for me where that's where I was, you know, I, I, I I felt it. It wasn't just like a couple of rhymes that I judged or how dope your rhyme was. It was more like the whole element of Ice Cube being down with NWA, leave, you know, leaving NWA, them dissing him. He's dissing them. He's coming over here. He's blowing up, getting with, uh, you know what I'm saying? He's getting with producers over here. Mm-hmm. His sound is crazy. It, it's just like, and I guess for me in the age group I was, that was like sinking like that. Like for from right now, that it might be the same way for somebody that's young that's like listening to Roddy Rich or the mm-hmm. baby or or something like that. But at the time, like that was when rap was like really really like, oh my god. Well, it was competitive. Like, yeah. You actually had to yeah. rap. And if you wasn't nice, uh you could you couldn't get on. Burst onto the scene ninety six, ninety seven with the firm. What was the concept behind the original firm uh a project? Uh we obviously heard a dose of it on It Was Written and then we had this, you know, dope project that came out with, with Firm Biz and Phone Tab and it, you were it all was, over it. it was- it was, it was, what you asked me? What, you what, what me? was the concept behind the firm actual album? Because we had a taste of it. I guess it was just really a family, like, um, uh, some dope rappers, different boroughs, mm-hmm. you know, like I said before, it's all, it's it all was and all is still Nas's call, like, mm-hmm. as far as the shaping of that. But I think that it was a problem with that from the beginning due to the fact that, 
uh, the labels and the way that the, 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 it was structured that it couldn't be the way that, you know, it was envisioned. Yeah. The, the contract. You know, yeah. Yeah. The thing. contract. It was, it was, it was, it was the firm was released on Interscope records. Meanwhile, all the participants are signed to different labels, like, mm-hmm. you know, Nasra Columbia and everybody else somewhere else. And the label's saying that, hey, y'all guys can't record a whole album and give it to someone else. For, mm-hmm. You know, you know, you only can be on a certain amount of songs. You only can be on a certain amount of songs. You only can be on a certain amount of songs. And meanwhile, the dude over here that's not really signed can kind of fill in the gaps fill for everything. Gap. So that's why it was, it, it couldn't really be the way that you know what I mean? And, and this is why we heard you mostly. I mean, you you, you had the most appearances. We we, 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 we had the, the most appearances. Um, now, was Dr. Dre involved in this in, in any sort of way um, in the firm? Because it was promoted that way to the public. Obviously, we didn't have social media. But was he hands-on with yeah. this? Was he like the yeah. overseer he, of the whole project? Yeah. Dre was there with us. Dre was there every night with us. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Dre was dope. Dre coming in. During the, right after the uh, the whole East Coast West Coast joint, you know, you know that whole how that went. Yeah, and we just vibed out. Dre had a whole team, you know. That was the first time I seen like you know, uh, music music being made and, and being orchestrated, and not just somebody pressing some beats and y'all just vibing out over the drums. Like you know, like people coming in here playing live instruments and singing and also oh, like came together like yeah, yeah like it coming together like also like justice League, like really like, like yeah no yeah so it's my first time actually being around that and um and dre just you know once you see something like that you ain't gonna never forget it especially if that's what you do mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah no, it it, it kind of makes sense, and I mean the album bursted on uh, to, to the scene with, with with such momentum, and then it kind of catapulted to your album and what you did with uh, with Nori and just your mixtape scene. I mean, you destroyed the mixtape game. But obviously, we have this new Nas album, and the fans are asking, and, and the guy the guy jumped the gun a little bit. But so we have this new Nas album coming up, and we have what will be quoted as a firm record. But obviously, nature is not on it. Um, you know, was it just like your decision? Just, you know, it, it's just the way kind of things played out. Because originally, um, Cormega was obviously in the firm with an affirmative action course, record. Yeah. And then you replaced him, obviously. He just went super independent. Um, so so why why isn't nature on this record? And, and of course, I'm sure, you know, your blessing is to what, what the fans are going to hear. That's not, I can, that's, that's not my call. This is a nice album. This is, this is. It's his call, you know what I mean? This came under the radar for a lot of people. Like, mm-hmm. it's a new album, and and the focus shouldn't be why nature isn't on this album. It's, it's, it's you know, it's congratulations to the homie that's still putting out music after 20 years, and it's his call. I wasn't involved when the, when the firm was originally even thought of, so... Mm-hmm. You know, to even be involved in anything federal-related is a, is a blessing, you know what I'm saying? And shout-out to my dude, Cormega, for being a part of it, for, for 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 you know, for overcoming his differences, for for them mm-hmm. overcoming their differences mm-hmm. and making music and putting it past it because that's what it was always about from the beginning, you know what I'm saying? So whether I'm involved or not, 
I'm proud to see my brothers win. It's a win-win situation. It can never be a loss. You know what I mean? We're, we're good. I'm, I record. My family's good. Life is good. We're still looking young. Still you know what I mean? We out here. We out here. You know what I mean? So it's not, it was never my call. So if he wanted to put, if he wanted to put two, three other dudes that you never even heard of from, you know, down south instead of the the, the people that you're expecting to hear and call it the firm, it's 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 his choice. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The people are gonna ask their questions. And your guess is as good as mine when it comes down to it. You know what I mean? I hope that I hope that it can turn into something because what happened was it fizzled out so fast that the people in the beginning that the people didn't get a chance to really grasp it and absorb it the way that it's, we only made one album together. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And and it didn't really have, you know, would it have one single? Well, three. Right? I, w- I would say three. You had Firm Biz. You had uh, a Fold Tap. And in my opinion, a uh, Five Minutes to Flush w- would have been a single as well. My yeah, opinion. Everybody's my, opinion, but yeah, I mean, whatever. five minutes of flush was just as relevant as the other records. I mean, that that would have been the quote unquote B side uh, single, mm-hmm. which was your mm-hmm. record, mm-hmm. which was super mm-hmm. dope, by the way. Gunshot for that. Thank you, bro. You know, everybody got their opinion on what, how it could have, what it should have, but you know, at the end of the day, like I said, people didn't really uh, have it. Didn't stick around long enough for. It's a, you know, everybody yeah. doesn't really know what it was. And so right now, it's only one song. It's not like it's, he's releasing the whole thing, even if he was, you know yeah. what I mean? And I didn't get the call. People are going to still wonder how I feel about it. They want to know whatever, because they haven't been in tune with me or any of the music that I've released over the years and stuff like that. Yeah. They'll see that that's not something that we hold on to. That's part of my resume. That's a part of how I got into the game. These are the, the mm-hmm. these are the kings. And, and you've my been brothers. active. Like it's not like you just disappeared. You've been course. active this whole time. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Of course. You know what I mean? So like I said, I'm over here uh from the sidelines too, waving another victory for the team. And you know what I mean? Hopefully it's not uh a blatant attempt to kind of like disregard me or whatever. You can't erase history because, you know, whether you love me or whether you hate me, you know, I was there, we was there. You know what I mean? We all attached to the same thing. And over the years, you watch some of these groups come together. Some actually toured and made some money together. You know, it'd be dope. Yeah. But, um, you know, I ain't get the call, so I'm, I'm chilling. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm waiting like the rest of the world tomorrow. You know what I mean? King's disease. Go get that Queensbridge legacy. I'm a part of something bigger than that. Yeah, Queensbridge. For me personally, it just kind of feels like an affirmative action too. I think people are just blowing it, you know, out of proportion because they just see whatever's on social media and they post it because they think it looks cool. Like you know, it's just you know, it's a good record. It's a strategic moves, man. We gotta. You gotta, you gotta think like that. You gotta think of, you know, what I mean, because we're we're older. We're not like in the clubs, and mm-hmm. you know, everybody's been in the in the crib for the past. And couple we're in of a months different time now. Corona, yeah, it's definitely like said, yeah. different time. So it has to make sense. It has to have a big impact. And right there, you know what I mean? We we was the biggest and and probably still is the biggest and dopest MCs that you know what I mean? Yeah. 
No, it's collectively, yeah, yeah, you know what it no, is. No, 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 collectively. So, so nature. Um, you you mentioned quickly about we 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 quickly spoke about catalogs after you know whatever the boom bap era you know died or whatever the people want to say in mainstream. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and I and I spoke to Busy Bone about this, and I've asked Cool G Rap and every person that I've had on here from Onyx to Naughty by Nature the same question I want to ask you. Uh, where does the lyrics play in 2020 obviously now it's more direct to consumer so you can get to your fans directly but you know the people watching right now come from an era where it was mass marketed to them the same way cardi b is mass marketed so where does the lyrics play in 2020 and beyond it's a confusing game you have to find a lyricist has to be true to themselves you know what i mean and when you're a lyricist sometimes it's like unknowingly you just put together your the words, you know, the words, they form, you know what I mean? It's, mm-hmm. That's just what they do. But rhythms and vibes and, you know what I mean? Certain things change. So you have to learn how to create and still be relevant. You got to still, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because every song that plays in the club is not necessarily the song that you want to hear on a day-to-day basis and stuff like that. You got to understand energy and moods and things like that. So, um, this dude's out there getting over just because they, 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 they yell, you know, or things like that. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just different, man. But a true lyricist is gonna find a way to, 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 to get it in. Like you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just getting with these new producers, these new sounds, these new. There's some dude right now that's like 18, 19 years old in his room, going crazy. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Making a new. The new, the new, new. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The the fans are asking. Obviously, uh, do we have a new nature album or project coming? Yeah, um, we got a bunch of things coming out. Um, you know, this right here makes the 20 year anniversary for my first album too. Like for all seasons. So, um, I was trying to put together something nice, whether it be in the form of an EP or a mixtape, uh, for the people that have been riding with me from the beginning. Um, this year has been kind of crazy as far as the beginning of the year and everything just getting yeah. back on track. But um, it's like been you see weird. Right now, yeah, yeah, it's been weird. Th- this year's been studio. just shut down. It's just like, Jesus. Yeah. So everybody's trying to create a wave. You know what I mean? Shout out to the people that that, that do get through on the radio. But, you know, there's a ton of things out there that I'm sure everybody's trying to sit there and work on some masterpiece. Like, like mm. you know I, what I mean? Yeah. Everybody's cooking up. Uh Final two questions. People were asking about the I'm leaving track. Obviously. I'm leaving, yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously you came guns blaze and Nori Nori was so hot at this time. Like he just came smoking. I mean, obviously no, I'm, I'm leaving. I'm leaving actually was the prequel to a band from TV. That's how that whole thing, like, you know, you let him explain it too. Yeah. Like that's, you know, he, cause he wasn't gung ho. And so I guess, and that was a firm record. And like you said, like, um, he didn't have to, I didn't have to, Give him the green light to be on that record. You know yeah. what I'm saying? He was, you know, you know how that whole yeah, thing. Yeah, I know. And so when he got the opportunity to shine yeah. with band from TV, we let it rock. And so like that formed the brotherhood from the beginning. Yeah, and, and 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 Nori came out gun smoking. Obviously, we had the War Report, which was you know War Report is my favorite album of all time. It, it felt so yeah. organic. Um, I mean, obviously, people say Illmatic. You know, I mean, your album. I mean, there's there's a bunch of albums we could pick out with the infamous album. Um, the organic feel from Queensbridge, um, 
you know, w- what do you think Nature's Legacy and Queensbridge Legacy 2020 and beyond will be? Um, when it's all said and done, like when it's all said and done, and just like when it's all said and done, it's gonna be like those were some really dope people, some real creative people that that just rose from the concrete. They just like roses out of the concrete. Like I don't know, man. It's just like consistency, some dope hip hop, some pure hip hop. Like right now, that's why. It's, when they hear this new music that we about to drop, mm-hmm. it's going to be like a breath of fresh air because you know right away, like, music that you grew up on, music that you long for, that you don't get to hear like that. Shout out to everything that's pumping on the radio. But, you know, I, I don't know how old you are, but if you came from that era, like I said, when we got mixtapes and we got, like, we used to actually check for certain artists. Oh, I, I, I remember. Checking. I'm yeah, 37, checking. so I remember. Yeah, I, I grew we, up we in checking for them. We go get a mixtape and, and buy it just because yeah, one name to, to is cop on it. it. Like, for one song. To like, copy. You know what I'm saying? You know, so it's that same vibe. You, you know, I'm a DJ, and I do my due diligence, obviously, by doing these type of things. Um, do, do you think uh, DJs make a mistake by not... Tapping into all the new music It's almost like Alright well we, we understand terrestrial radio Doesn't really matter anymore You can go to Spotify I mean how many times Do you go in the car And put on you know Whatever station So um, Are DJs Not doing the right thing By showing love To every single artist And in all fairness The people that run this industry Are our age So uh, You think they're making a mistake By doing that And only tapping into one culture Instead of tapping into everything No they're gonna They're gonna you know, it's a constantly changing business. You know, everybody wants to be involved in whatever the new wave is, the new sound is. But there's so many different artists, mm-hmm. and it's too hard to tell some of these young artists no, and it's too hard to even decipher of what's going to be a hit because yeah. some of the things that we might not necessarily love, they're going crazy for somewhere else. So, you know, a good record's going to shine, but... um. It's all about how how an artist, if, if a true DJ is playing music for the for the love it for the love of it, or if a DJ is actually trying to eat off of it. So you know you have to be connected to you know uh, wherever the new stream of music is coming from. Whether you get it from a record label. Back in the days, we had Clue. Clue used to walk through Queensbridge projects and get music from artists like hand pick them like like literally yo 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 you seen havoc yo you seen tragedy yo you seen you seen nature like walking like car parked and and get it like that like you know and always be having the new music so it's like some people you know it's different types of djs what you talk it's like if you want to just dj the club you want to you know or you're trying to dj for and and clue and clue still uses that same formula Cause he plays a lot of records that you just never heard before, so it's so it's just a different time. Some of time. them was never records, bro. Like, you like know, never, yeah. No, no, he would play it. like I mean, like you just recorded in your grandmother's basement. And he's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now it's out there, boom, on the radio. And, 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 yeah, that's how we did it. And, and, and now it's a record. So nature. Uh, so so we have a new project coming out. When are we expecting this new project? I got a bunch of new projects coming out. Um, like I said, you, you can look out for the fall seasons, twenty year anniversary. Um, I've been working. I got a couple EPs with a couple of some artists on the come up. I'm working closely with um, like my dude, Large Amount. 
Oh, shout out my guy, Larger yeah. Mount D-Block. That's my guy. Yeah, Snipe Life was yeah. my peoples. Yeah, he actually got a new album out, um, and they're promoting it right now, uh, Dharma. Mm-hmm. Um, just standing, trying to stay close to the streets, trying to stay connected with some dope MCs, mm-hmm. um, trying to get these new concepts going on. Like, you know, like the whole world is changing. And for me, it's like uh, working on an album. You know, I'm a family man. I'm putting together... I'm, I'm, I'm I'm putting together a, a wedding. I'm actually have a daughter that's in college. Oh. You know, I have so many different things, so many on top of all of this COVID mm. and, and this new world that's going on. So and, and dealing you know, with being an artist with such demand, artist, you, have, you have to drop way more than you guys did before. Yeah. So it's kind of, you know, you just be in so many different zones, one foot over here, one foot over here, one foot over here. But if one thing is certain, these bars and this music have never changed. You know what I mean? And like I said, every time an artist from back in the days or from the hood or something that I'm connected to drops, it's still like, uh, still like part I drop because I'm still doing interviews. I'm still, you know, I'm still promoting. I'm still showing people that, yo, we're still connected. It's still all good. You know what I mean? Yeah. This album came out. Um, I'm not on the, the, the song, I don't know what the plans are for the future or whatever, but everybody's still within arm's reach and we're still part of the, the cause. So, you know what I mean? Yeah, it, it'll go down. Uh, Nature, thank you for coming to the infamous hour. I'm your host, the yeah, infamous yeah. Amadeus. Make sure you tune in you gotta, here. You got to do the next one inside the studio. You got to come down here. Oh, no. The, the, some the, of the joints. Nah, the, doing, the next bro. one, the next one, uh, whenever you're ready, I'll come down. Uh, shout out to Deep Concepts Media. My guy, Josh, he's doing something amazing over there by, uh, by showing light to... These, these artists that uh, are still super relevant. I'm your host, Infamous Amadeus. Make sure you listen to me on Shade 45, Sirius XM, every single Thursday at 3 p.m. And, of course, I'm live here on BoomAppNation.com, Rokio, and, of course, Facebook. Uh, next week, we have the legendary Goody Mob. Uh, I mean, come on. We talk about CeeLo is going to be on Facebook. And then uh, Labor Day weekend, I'm working on something special. We might do some R&B type of thing. Uh, Nature, real quick, before we get out of here, social media, in case they want to follow you. The Real Nature, one word, T-H-E-R-E-A-L-N-A-T-U-R-E, The Real Nature, uh, Twitter, Instagram, you know what I mean? Try to get with me, you know what I mean? I'm trying to get into this little, this this new world, like, you know what I mean? Connect with people more and yeah. let them know that it's all right to be, to smile and be themselves. But, man, if you want to get with some dope MCs, Queensbridge Finest, and know what it is, get at me, The Real Nature, boy. And of course, I'm the infamous Amadeus. You can follow me at the infamous Amadeus. Make sure you follow at Boombat Nation, surpassing 1 million uh, followers here on Facebook and 130 something uh, now on Instagram. And of course, the infamous hour. And of course, I'll follow our official sponsor, Livecast. Uh, Till next time, uh, stay COVID 19 and stay blessed and safe.